Hello everyone, this is Tristan Alexander and this is going to be episode 2 of the Realist Audiocast. Now since tomorrow is Halloween, we are going to take a break from our usual philosophical questioning to explore the spiritual origin of the universe and mechanics of the soul. And now what I mean by this is how science and religion may coexist concerning Christianity and mainstream science. So I'm going to be presenting a few theories concerning how the spiritual realm may function based upon logical reasoning using information from the Bible and other sources. Uh, a lot of my information will be based upon a conference hosted by author and evangelist uh, Chuck Misler. His presentation, Return of the Nephilim, can be found on YouTube, and I strongly suggest pausing this podcast and watching that video prior if you haven't already, so that you can be well informed of some in-depth topics that I'm not going to cover due to time constraints. So first of all, there is a key term that we need to examine before we begin. Let's take a look at hyperdimensions. To help you understand, we are going to start with the dimensions we already have a grasp on. The two-dimensional world lies within a flat plane. Imagine the classic video game Super Mario World, or even a stick figure world on paper. The third dimension is what we are most familiar with. We live in the third dimension. Imagine the difference between a square and a cube. A, uh, a square, you know, obviously it has no depth, but a cube has depth. That's the difference between the second and third dimensions. The fourth dimension is time, and we only ha roughly have a grasp on the concept of time because we can neither experience the future or the past, we can only experience what we are currently living in, and we cannot freely move forward or backward in time either, but rather only experience the time that we currently exist in. Time is a fixed quantity with a few exceptions, such as when we split atoms or in certain orbits in space, time has been observed to slow down and speed up. The fifth dimension adds a characteristic to the fixed fourth dimension in that you can move freely through it. You could literally physically walk into the past. If you have seen the movie Interstellar, this is exactly what Matthew McConaughey's character Cooper experiences. He slips into the fifth dimension accidentally and is able to float to specific instances in the past. When he emerges from the Tesseract, so much time has passed that his daughter has surpassed him in age, while he had only aged minutely. Five dimensions are where we stop, as dimensions beyond the fifth are only partially understood, and they include forces such as supergravity that hold our universe together at a quantum level, but those are not very relevant for our purposes today. What really blows my mind about hyperdimensions is that they all constantly overlap. There is no definite separation. In fact, they are almost the opposite, a glue, if you will, that keeps our universe functioning the way that it does. Okay, so now let's get into some theories. I'm going to keep this short and sweet so that you can enjoy your home. These are highly open to logical fallacy, being as I'm not an expert theoretical physicist, nor a professor of anything, and are merely what-if-it-worked-this-way-and-could-it situations. First, let's start with the soul, the very essence that the Bible claims dwells within us. I think that the soul is a sort of consciousness given to us by God. In the Bible, it claims that our bodies are vessels, and also that they were created in God's image. Some people have claimed this means that our physical bodies share a likeness with God's supernatural body, having feet and hands and eyes and so forth. What I believe is that it is referring to our thought process, our consciousness, and everlasting essence. I think that within every human body, there is a multidimensional portion of us that makes us who we are, and this is what transcends to heaven or hell for eternity in the afterlife. 
It states in Genesis 1.25 that God made everything that walks upon the ground. Then in verse 26 it says that God decided to make mankind in His image. In my opinion, this means that there was a time when people with similar bodies walked upon the earth with no spirit. Then God chose a vessel, which was the Neanderthal, to imbue with a spirit like His. And that's why there's such a gap in intelligence. There had to be a first earth age in which dinosaurs and other ancient creatures existed for millions of years before the current earth age commenced. Science has told us that dinosaur bones, through the use of carbon dating, are millions upon millions of years old. This is a fact and there's no way around it, but the society we know of now has only been around for several thousand years. Most people estimate around 6,000 years, but I think that's a little misconstrued and underestimated. My father and I have discussed the topic of ghosts as well. I love shows focusing on paranormal activity, but I am not convinced of the existence of ghosts. At one time, not too long ago, I was convinced that it was a possibility on the premise that a soul may leave the body immediately, may not leave the body immediately following death. Because my father, he brought this verse to my attention. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, it says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, we will be with the Lord forever. So logically, my thinking was, if the dead in Christ rise first, did their souls ever leave their bodies? If they did, how could they rise up from the earth to meet the Lord in the air? And maybe they do actually roam the earth waiting on the return of Christ. Or maybe some spirits figured out how to leave the grave. But then upon further research, I found these verses. Job 7, 9 through 10 says, As the cloud disappears and vanishes away, so he who goes down to the grave does not come up. He shall never return to his house, nor shall his place know him anymore. So, after death, you can't return to your house, and you can't take care of business that you may have left unfinished. It's just over. And in Ecclesiastes 9, 5-6, it says, For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. So when you're done, you're done. Dead is dead. So almost unfortunately, according to my religious beliefs, ghosts do not exist. But how much creepier then does that make paranormal activity? Just because a ghost can't be a human spirit doesn't mean it's not a spirit. If there's a tormenting spirit, I do think it can be attributed to demonic activity. There's a story in the Bible in which two angels seek refuge in the house of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. It then goes on to say that the men of the city came to Lot's house asking who the men were that they saw entering the city earlier that day. So the men saw these angels with their physical eyes. This leads me to believe that if angels can be seen as human spirits, so can demons. Demons may be a little more anxious to pose as a human spirit so as to engage in activity with humans. I don't really know too many people who would want to interact with a demon, but people use tools and effort to contact the dead pretty often, and they are opening themselves up to activity by approaching their spirit investigations invitingly. They are willingly asking spirits to enter their home and interact with them. Also, I'm going to mention uh, along spiritual activity, UFOs. 
UFOs have been spotted everywhere in the world, and we could be misunderstanding some sort of demonic technology crossing over into our dimension and misunderstanding what it actually is. It could be a multi-dimensional craft for traveling as demons are not omnipresent. The crafts have left marks on the ground that have been known to exceed the laws of our natural world, such as forming iron in soils into small beads. That would require you to superheat the ground to 2700 degrees Fahrenheit, and in these same places, the crops where the iron beads were located were not burning. So it completely goes against everything that we know. Secondly, let's discuss God himself. I believe that God exists everywhere and also in one place simultaneously. But for this to be the case, he has to exist in a dimension or dimensions beyond our own. He would most definitely have to exist beyond four or five dimensions, being that, as he states in the Bible, he knows the beginning and the end, and everywhere in between, which would mean that he could see and move between any two points in time. God also was never created. He has always existed even before time. Science tells us that the universe began with a massive explosion, flinging dust and materials throughout space, and we have measured this energy and can confirm that it did happen. This of course is known as the Big Bang. I do not think that the Big Bang Theory disproves intelligent design, instead I think that the Big Bang could have been the release of energy caused by God creating the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1-1. It also speaks of the earth being formless and the spirit of God being over the planet, so at one point the planet was absolutely void. Evolution is also another huge topic in the debate between science and religion. But if my theory about the first Earth age mentioned earlier is correct, then we have no clue how many years that age lasted. Who says that God didn't use evolution as a means to create every creature on the Earth? And the fossil record points very strongly to evolution being the correct means of development for all creatures. So, I'm going to go ahead and close this episode off reiteration of a few theories, and I would love to get feedback with your opinions on how you think the spiritual realm functions and how God and science can coexist. So theory one, the Big Bang was caused by God in order to create the universe. Theory two, God used evolution in the first earth age to develop all creatures. And theory three, Neanderthals were selected to be the vessel for the spirit created in God's image. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next week.